1: Hi, everyone. Before we get started, just wanted to let you know we're doing a live taping of our sister podcast, The Next Big Idea, in New York City next Wednesday, January 31st. Our guest is going to be Chris Dixon, a venture capitalist at Andreessen Horowitz, who's helped direct more than $7 billion to crypto technologies. He's got a new book coming out called Read, Write, Own, Building the Next Era of the Internet. We're going to ask him, is crypto dead? Are blockchains over? Is Web3 irrelevant? Or do these technologies actually have the power to help shape the future? To learn more, go to Betaworks.com slash events or follow the link in the episode notes. Hope to see you there. LinkedIn presents...
0: I used to avoid arguing about politics, superstitions, or conspiracy theories, and especially a combination of all three. But I changed my mind about how minds change and how to change them after meeting the experts and activists who not only showed me a better way, but explained the science behind why it works.
1: Hi, it's the Next Big Idea Daily coming at you, once again, with some useful wisdom. I'm your host, Michael Kavanagh, And in an age when everyone seems to be retreating to their ideological corners, to be doubling down on their own opinions, is it even possible to change someone's mind? It's surprisingly hard, as most of us are pretty committed to our worldviews, and consciously or not, we use all sorts of cognitive hacks to tune out opposing viewpoints. But persuasion is a thing, and in fact, everyone from political operatives to commercial advertisers is hard at work trying to figure out how to do it. Best-selling science journalist and podcaster David McRaney tackles the question head-on in his book, How Minds Change, The Surprising Science of Belief, Opinion, and Persuasion. Our curator Adam Grant says, in a time when too many minds seem closed, this is a masterful analysis of what it takes to open them. Here's David to share some big ideas from his book.
0: Persuasion is not coercion. It's also not an attempt to defeat your intellectual opponent with facts or moral superiority, nor is it a debate with a winner or a loser. Persuasion is leading a person along in stages, helping them to better understand their own thinking and how it could align with the message at hand. You can't persuade another person to change their mind if that person doesn't want to do so, and the techniques that work best focus on a person's motivations more than their conclusions. In many ways, persuasion is mostly encouraging people to realize change is possible. That's because all persuasion is self-persuasion. People change, or refuse, based on their own desires, motivations, and internal counter-arguing. And by focusing on these factors, an argument becomes more likely to change minds. Certainty is an emotion. Beliefs aren't ideas stored in your brain, possessions on a shelf or files in a biological computer. Belief is a process. To believe or doubt is the result of neurons and associative networks delivering an emergent sensation of certainty, or lack thereof. The speed of change is inversely proportional to the strength of our certainty and Certainty is a feeling, somewhere between an emotion and a mood, more akin to hunger than to logic. Persuasion, no matter the source, is a force that affects that feeling. Social death is greater than physical death. Every brain resists change to some degree because updating when you shouldn't is dangerous. You might become wrong. But since not updating when you should is also dangerous, you might stay wrong, the brain walks a tightrope, changing its mind carefully given a variety of motivations and goals. The strongest motivation to resist change is the fear of shame and ostracism. As social primates, humans value being good members of their groups much more than they value being right, factually, morally, or otherwise, so much so that as long as we have a group that satisfies our needs, we will choose to be wrong if it keeps us in good standing with our peers. As the sociologist Brooke Harrington puts it, if there was an equals MC square of social science, it would be SD is greater than PD. Social death is more frightening than physical death. This is why we feel threatened when a new idea challenges the ones that have become part of our identity. For some ideas the ones that identify us as members of a group, we want to seem trustworthy. And reputation management as a trustworthy individual often supersedes most other concerns, even our own mortality. Disambiguation leads to naive realism. Disambiguation is what brains do when confronted with novelty and uncertainty. We use what we think we know and understand to disambiguate the ambiguous. I love that term, especially because it comes from reading comprehension, the act of deriving meaning through context when a word, phrase, or entire essay could be interpreted in many different ways. There's a term in psychology that pairs well with disambiguation. It's called naive realism. It's the certainty one feels when blind to the fact that you are disambiguating. When your interpretation doesn't feel like an interpretation. Since subjectivity often feels like objectivity, naive realism makes it seem as though the best way to change people's minds is to show them the facts that support your view, because anyone else who has read the things you have read or seen the things you have seen will naturally see things your way, given that they have pondered the matter as thoughtfully as you have. Therefore, you assume that anyone who disagrees with your conclusions probably doesn't have all the facts yet. If they did, they'd already be seeing the world like you do. This is why you continue to ineffectually copy and paste links from all your most trusted sources when arguing your points with those who seem misguided, crazy, uninformed, and just plain wrong. The problem is that this is exactly what the other side thinks will work on you. No one is unreachable. Imagine attempting to reach the moon with a ladder and, upon failing, giving up in frustration because you believe the moon is unreachable. When we use the wrong tools and the wrong approaches, the people on the other side of the issues we care about can seem impossible to reach. That's why I used to avoid arguing about politics, superstitions, or conspiracy theories, and especially a combination of all three. But I changed my mind about how minds change, and how to change them, after meeting the experts and activists who not only showed me a better way, but explained the science behind why it works. Even among the people who seem the farthest away from what you consider the ground truth, change is a moonshot away once you understand the nature of resistance and the proper techniques to avoid it. The ability to change our minds, update our assumptions, and entertain other points of view is one of our greatest strengths, an evolved ability that comes free with every copy of the human brain. To leverage that strength, we must avoid debate and start having conversations. Debates have winners and losers, and no one wants to be a loser. But if both sides feel safe to explore their reasoning, to think about their own thinking, to explore their motivations, we can each avoid the dead-end goal of winning an argument Instead, we can
1: pursue the shared goal of learning the truth. Thank you, David. So, are you persuaded, listeners? Hopefully you've picked up some ideas here that will help you influence others, and I only ask that you use your new powers to do good in the world. Tomorrow, guys, I'm going to do my part to spread good in the world by sharing some big ideas from the book Seek, How Curiosity Can Transform Your Life and Change the World by Scott Shigeoka. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm Michael Covnet. See you tomorrow.